Hello and welcome back to the fifth and final edition of True Grit Down Under, a thigh gap special on the Border Gavaskar series between India and Australia in 2020-21. My name is Bogus Noog and very happy to have you here and to be joined my co-host being brute. Brute, amazing special we have going on so far. Yep. We've covered the journey from the pre-series scenario to Adelaide through to Melbourne, Sydney, Gaba and now this is our post-series review. It's been a pretty eventful journey up till now. The turn of events, the ups and downs, bad luck that came across and fight backs. So it was a true mix of roller coaster emotions across the series. Yeah, and as we covered in the previous episodes, what made this series special to start off with is the fact that this was a test series being played against Australia in Australia. Now, yeah. why is that such a big factor, bro? There's no great hero without a great villain. Australia as a cricket team is probably the most sought after. Basically, you beat the best to become the best. Yeah. And Australia has managed to be the most villainous antagonist, yeah. right? The strongest antagonist ever because they just always find a way to win a match or win a series. Yeah. Always almost seem to be unbeatable. Even today Australia has considered the toughest guys to beat and then we are trying to do that two times in a row in Australia which is an even bigger task. Oh yeah. Right? Back so just, to back that too. And look at the kind of grounds that we play in Sydney, extremely hostile crowd, Melbourne the most intimidating, Gabba which is the ground at which Australia hardly ever lost. Yeah. So that's what makes playing in Australia against them a very big task. And to top it right now, I mean which is your favorite piece is the kind of PR support that they get, the kind of noise that they can make yeah out of the ground also, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean they've become such a litmus test for any team going there and it's not just because of the cricket they play on the field but also all the games that are played off it. Yeah, the mind games. I keep forgetting what is the mental disintegration. Mental disintegration. <laughs> I don't know who called, I think it was Steve Waugh, right? Who started yeah, the term yeah, Steve Waugh. that we will mentally disintegrate you might. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's why you know Australia is a very tough competitor. Yeah, and they hate losing. Like anyone from 50 kilometers away looking at them can tell that these people just hate losing. And that just lifts the standards of the entire game as a yeah. whole. And the fact that they've been this litmus test like you said a good hero is nothing without a good villain. Absolutely. Uh, Muhammad Ali had a quote about George Foreman or was it Frazier? I think it was Frazier. It's that Joe Frazier. Yeah, Joe Frazier that God bless this man because he always pushes me to my limit. Yeah. Something like that. Paraphrase yeah. makes me better than I am every time. Yeah, and so is with Nadal and uh, Federer's rivalry. Oh yeah. Yeah. So is with Messi and Ronaldo's rivalry, yeah. right? They all openly accept that hey, if it was not for Messi, God knows how much of myself would I have discovered. Mm. Like you need a duel between Shane Warne and Sachin to prove who is the better. Right. That is why we don't have a problem with all the nonsense Australia does because end of the day they juice up the game that much more regardless of the result of this series regardless of the scandals they've been a part of and yeah. the whole banter versus abuse nonsense that they try to pull yeah. and where the line is and all that stuff yeah still the line is so far beyond <laughs> that it's a dot for Australians like <laughs> I mean the whole thing I don't know you mentioned it actually about the time when Steve Waugh had like a earpiece oh, yeah. when he was on the ground and yeah. he was getting instructions from the dressing room yeah. yeah it's so weird and Australians always do something weird like that they right? always do something they weird. always kind of go a little out of the box yeah where you don't know is this legal is it ethical you have by the time you figure out they kind of win the match like, they can't seem to process uh, how cameras work yeah. and when you hit the record <laughs> button <laughs> yeah they they're oblivious considering a team which has such 
such a strong PR. PR, yeah. They are guys who are kind of oblivious to, you know. The whole okay, camera stuff. Yeah, they're watching us. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> they can listen to us, like all these things. Yeah, but the basic point was that regardless of all that nonsense or white noise, as Justin Langer would like to call it, <laughs> um, it they still deserve a lot of credit for holding that standard yeah, and yeah. raising the standard, raising the bar of the game as a whole. And the beauty of it is across generations of teams, consistency that they maintain in bringing out extraordinary talent. I think that is a testimony to what a strong contender they are. Yeah. And so we wanted to take stock of who Thai Gap would consider the champions of this series. Oh. And we're talking about champion spirit. Champions Why? by heart. <laughs> yeah, champions by heart. It's, and We basically got this idea from that Instagram post where it said they might have lost the match but they won our heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the game won in the, the end. The game won. <laughs> Whoever won the hearts. <laughs> so we're looking at why these players are champions in our book and uh, who they are. So Brut, let's start off with you. Okay. Uh, let's start with Australia. Mm-hmm. Manas Labushain, mm-hmm. top of the shelf, Pat Cummins. Let's go with why. Manas, why? Manas because, okay, obviously the consistency with which he played. Yes. Finally got his century, but he had to work really hard for that. It was not given to him. Thanks to the Indian bowling, nothing came easy for him. Yeah. Uh, but he showed grit. Essentially, he played with a lot of heart. He right? put a price on his wicket every time he came out. Every single time. And even when he got lucky, he made use of those yeah, chances. Yeah. And also, irrespective of the result, right? Mm. He gave his 110%. And that extra 10% came in the form of in his fielding, yep. when his fielding close to the batsman, the amount of pressure he tried to put. Right? Mm. Obviously, he didn't do a great job about but, it. But effort. He, he, yeah, he at least applied himself, right? Yeah. Which was great to see. He tried to get the team going. The team going. There were not many of them in Australia outfit that were doing that yeah and he probably was the only glimpse of that Australian brand of cricket and he did a great job about it so for me from the Australian side he's one of the champions outright second I would go and there's no order right there's not going in an an order of okay so then the second guy I would definitely say is Pat Cummins Pat Cummins Pat Cummins champion of champions champion of champions highest wicket taker of the series well deserved the heart the heart with which he bowled especially that GABA test in the final day every single time team pain looked at him mm. i think pat cummins was already standing at the top of his mark saying like yeah. yeah just give me the ball i'll ball no matter how old the ball is no matter how bad the wicket is no how strong the batsmen are playing just didn't matter he just kept running into the crease time and again without losing an inch of the pace without losing an inch of his accuracy accuracy yeah and by the way i don't know if you know this pat cummins was actually one of the guys who was injury prone oh okay you know early in his career he started his career long Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about this. But he kept on getting injuries. So the amount of work he might have put on his fitness right. must be exorbitant, right? Yeah. And that showed because on the final day, when he was bowling in the last 10 overs and all, you still felt that this guy can do something. Oh, yeah. Maybe, right? Yeah. He might just take those last three wickets in a hurry. And like, it's funny because uh, recently an interview came out, Pat Cummins in, on Cricket Info, and he was saying on for the GABA test, which, mind you, he had already bowled hundreds, like a lot of overs until by yeah. the time he got to GABA but he was saying on the day final day of the GABA test also he still had a lot of energy left yeah. in the tank so Pat Cummins an obvious choice Steve Smith now why Steve Smith I know you were kind of like wanted to jump on the question see the thing is it's a very debatable thing but I'm going to give my personal take mm-hmm. he had four bad innings Yeah, he had Ashwin in his head he accepted it so mm-hmm. many things happened in yeah. the first half of the series right no matter what people say if you're already in the fab four in terms of test starts he's ahead of the rest of the three yeah 
his average is yeah, in the 60s and you're not able to perform yeah. in one of the most talked about series of the year you can only imagine the amount of pressure he might have had to deal with yeah. because warner and steve smith were the guys who australian team were like looking badly for them to come back yeah they said we lost the last series because, because these two guys them. were not so there. imagine the kind of impact he has yeah. right on the team's overall performance so he would have been easily blamed for oh you know what we lost this just because of him he didn't even have the burden of captaincy all he had to do was come and perform blah 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 take all these things into consideration against a decently formidable bowling attack which ended up to be a decently formidable bowling attack and he somehow manages to clear all this off yeah. from his head right in a span of a week or two and then come back and score a brilliant century and not just leave it to that he kept scoring runs after that mm. which you know in a matter of four innings he ended up becoming the second or third highest run getter of the series yeah. and the best part that i liked about his comeback in the series itself after the fourth innings he played where he got bowled around his wickets of bumrah yeah. he never got out to a cheap ball or a wrong shot he got out for really really good balls mm. and that for me is again reinstation of he being a champion yeah. why he is a champion player for me the champion moment came when first of all he admitted in public that ashwin got to his head and that is a huge thing for a guy like him yeah. to come out and with say with the reputation he comes with yeah. and all that right and then any mere mortal any normal ordinary player would sign off that series basically right and say this series is done i'm i'm just going to work on it after this series yeah. and i'll be ready for the next one but this guy he takes only a week to figure out what was wrong and uh, correct it himself because justin langer made it clear that no one coaches steve smith he coaches himself yeah so for him to do that <laughs> all by himself yeah and yeah. come back and turn it around like that which is what i mean this is thaiga gyan by the way mm. all champions know what it takes to be a champion yeah cameron green cameron green yes but uh, oh we are not having an order right okay yeah. I, i was kind of trying to place him in an order yeah yeah cameron green absolutely yes brilliant for me fielding i think extremely well applied potential to whatever opportunity he got two innings that stood out for me is the one where they were trying to declare and he had to kind of like, up the tempo mm. and he just went berserk didn't look out for his personal milestone which kind of tells him he's a team player he yeah. was at 87 or something where he went for a shot kind of got out and after that i think he played a pretty good innings of around like 40 odd runs uh, until washington sundar got him out i think it was in uh, natural variation yeah, of the pitch of the pitch kind yeah. of just stood on to his line uh, completely misjudged but i won't pin on him but that innings it's also i think he played really well i think he was mishandled by the team in the bowling department in the bowling department Yeah. which i would have loved to see because whatever little he bowled i felt that okay this guy is pretty good yeah. and megrath kept saying he's just bowling it a little too short but that catch he took of pants oh, yeah. which came off the face of the bat it's a very fucking tricky catch he fielded in some tricky positions he fielded at point and gully and then i think uh, in the cover regions or some place in the course of the series uh, he's taken two or three amazing catches yeah. like yeah. really low in a series where a lot of catches were dropped, dropped by the way yeah, yeah. and catch which were very low off the ground right just amazing to see and he's a pretty tall guy again he's about 66 or some shit yeah and yeah overall i think yes uh, cameron green is definitely a champion for me at least in the context of the series the last one from australia according to me which is extremely debatable but it's a special mention from special my special mention end, from our is, end from our end yeah is matthew wade matthew wade 
horribly mistreated but what i liked about matthew wade the most he never gave up yeah i think he was a bigger testimony of the brand australia cricket yeah where even if things were falling apart around him he kind of stood strong with that attitude with that mentality yeah he gave that fight back to the opposition yeah right made be with batting made be with his short leg feeling or wherever he was present whenever and, he was given a chance and like manas he was the only other guy in that team who was egging his team on trying to give the uh, keep the energy levels yeah. up and he was the only guy who was trying to neutralize uh, the banter that was coming from the other side yeah. from rishabh pant and uh, he, even though they kept moving him around positions he still showed fight every yeah, time yeah i personally think they should have let him open the innings also they the should have just given him some uh, sort of safety or reassurance yeah and trusted in him because it seemed like he just could not settle because of what they were doing with him there was no feeling that he was settled and he was ready to go it always like you said puppet yeah with a loose string with a loose string yeah it was just like uh we'll just put you there but we're not really bothered about what you do yeah it kind of i think it was very harshly treated yep. and the fact that he was dropped Robbed after the series. That's worse. Yeah, it's salt on the wound type. Yeah, with, but, for no fault of us. Yeah, and uh, he could have done better from his batting, but purely on the way he played the game, I will give him a lot of champion points. Yeah, and especially for that one innings where he's not a test opener, but he stuck. Yeah, and he made a forty and 40, played a lot of 40. balls. Yeah, yes, he played a loose shot and it flew up in the air. There's yeah. probably one technical flaw that he has to work on, but as far as the application, the attitude, the fight, yeah, it's all there. He did what was needed. most of the times i felt but it's okay like even when he came lower on the order he played a pretty decent 40 when jadeja got him out just before lunch or something but the thing about that innings that 40 was how he dealt with pant mm. in the su- session before that uh, i felt like okay now now australia is here mm. but then alas it ended with Ma- matthew wade just all who came it didn't like really show us that oh you know i'm a dangerous guy yeah in terms in terms of aggression and body language he was the only guy rem- reminding you of the yeah, australian of the old australia the australian way yep so uh but that's about it yeah that yeah. that ends the list on australia right uh, everybody else were kind of inconsistent yeah. or probably were not off up to their potential yeah so as far as champion spirit goes these are our champions from the australian squad who we still consider winners despite the fact that they yeah it's lost. remember they might have lost the series but they won the hearts they won <laughs> hearts okay <laughs> that's what this this segment is about. from the australian side and But, now let's look at a very short list uh, yeah, about, um, absolutely the, short the indian list. side champions okay so it's a very short list <laughs> very short again without any order <laughs> right right shubman gill cheteshwar pujara rishabh pant mm-hmm. bumrah mohammad siraj mm-hmm. washington sundar shardul thakur ajinkya mm-hmm. rahane mm-hmm. who else am i missing <laughs> ravi shastri ravi shastri uh, bharat arun bharat arun the whole Sridhar, support staff sridhar uh, uh, the physio ravi chandran ashwin ravinder jadeja yep. uh, if i have not said them navdeep saini navdeep saini yes uh, in his own sense bumra i've already covered come on they won and probably the toughest chance i mean they had the least probability of winning the series yeah and if you have to pull it off you have to do what you have to do right you yeah. have to do champions work to win such a game hanuma vihari <laughs> i apologize yeah hanuma vihari so i think it was the whole team in itself including 
the support staff and you can even take umesh yadav and shami but they lost out on injury like mm-hmm. again but everybody right i think majority of them have contributed in one way or the other a majority of them a majority yes. it's basically if you count this this itself is a team of 11 yeah now it's a very tough thing if you have 11 champions in the team for you to lose a series yeah. but let me ask you this question bogus who do you think missed out let's start with the indian team because it's tougher to point out mm. the guys who missed out on the glory who were there yeah. but kind of missed out on the glory kind of missed out on being that champion spirit or yeah who could have glory. got the champion badge like yeah. good behavior badge they could also have gotten i mean they they did get the medal and the title yeah but from a personal friend who do you think missed out So from the Indian team the first name i would take is Rohit Sharma. Rohit Sharma missed out big time because the amount of expectations that he was carrying it just showed when the whole country just cried out in anguish yeah. when he got out a uh, gaba first innings. First innings because 44 runs the way he scored. But when he came to gaba it was like oh he's had starts he's looking good. Rohit is due. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time before he charges yeah. his bill you know and yeah. on gaba the just flow come. Oh. just the flow he had in that yeah. gaba innings it looked like within 5 minutes he's going to be 150 like but, i can go pee because rohit might make a century because he's 40 now but yeah. if by the time i come back it might be 140 it <laughs> might be 140 and yeah. we know that's how he goes yeah rohit definitely yes not just because he didn't score runs because he he was in such good form yeah even in the first innings he played at sydney he was always in good he just looked like knock. dude yeah and out of four innings he gave away his wicket twice mm. the second big miss out mayank agarwal Yeah, absolutely. All your counterparts not there. The previous season's record is backing you up and just didn't do enough. Yeah, but in his defense, yes, it would have been great if Mayank would have played in Sydney because of the pitch, but he did come back in Gabba and he still kind of missed kind out. Kind of missed out in yeah. Gabba as well. Loose shots once again. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he got out for good balls. I would have given cut a flag for him if he got out for really good balls. Yeah. But I think he just kind of gave the wicket away. I still don't have any bones to pick with him. I know me as too. a player, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted him to do well. I thought know? he would. Yeah, I yeah. I exactly. really thought like, he would. Anyone else in your mind? I have one more name. You go ahead, Prithvi Shaw. He's coming from a series of failures, and and the management still put faith in you. Forget about making an impact. He hardly played an over. And the thing that kind of irritates the shit out of all the guys who are rightfully disappointed with him mm. is he's a guy who's got talent. But unfortunately, for some funny reason, the one flaw that he has, and which has been called out so many times yeah. by so many players, yeah. so many senior guys, Ricky Ponting called it out, Rahul Dravid called it out, probably every decent bowler called it out. Your fly is open, your yeah, gate is yeah, open. Yeah, like gate everyone's is open. been saying. Post office is... to be shut dude. it is not 24 hours yeah it's not 24 hours and he had a golden opportunity fine he f- he, f- he kind of failed in the first innings yeah the fact that he got out in the exact same manner and he struck a pose also the second time <laughs> <laughs> the, the second time he almost was like at least get me now like take yeah. picture you didn't take a good picture of my flaw before this is your chance because that's why i couldn't really get my flaw yeah So take the proper picture now so I can re- kind of study my flaw. Yeah. So I think Prithvi Shaw huge huge miss out because that one test probably would have changed his fortunes if he would have even scored a decent 50. 
he would have gotten another chance in melbourne and melbourne would have been a, probably a better place for him to bat because the the bounce of it and so many other things mm. so huge miss out was prithvi shaw but this is going to be slightly awkward because i'm going to wholeheartedly and sincerely disagree with you brood because i don't think prithvi shaw missed out at all because that one moment where he mistook rohit sharma for three stumps yeah <laughs> that was the final and, nail in the coffin and he hit rohit sharma <laughs> and then that was the seal that, yeah, that was for me that, like, he didn't yeah, miss out. that was that was seal the seal deal that that had the wax seal put on his career like right there because rohit sharma was like tirko malum and i'll become the captain someday how do you mistake rohit sharma for three sticks three you, sticks you cannot mistake rohit sharma's three fingers also for three sticks <laughs> yeah. forget his whole body yeah and to top it rohit sharma was wearing a hat rest all are missed out because of injuries i felt yeah yeah pretty much so i wouldn't really count on it but before you go to the australian team yeah there is an australian champion that we forgot to mention david warner oh yep he was a true champion dude true champion true champion clear cut injury even an injured david warner coming back to the team raised their confidence you can imagine what effect he has all i can think of when i saw that guy defend the ball and run and you could clearly make out that dude this guy absolutely can't stand. uncomfortable yeah. and he's probably at 30% of his natural pace and he's obviously struggling and, and mainly we're talking about the second innings of the gaba match where they had exactly. to build a lead yeah. and it was warner through the injury through the discomfort he played such a beautiful innings to get them to that start. Yeah. I don't care about what the stats say about David Warner. I might have a soft corner because he's in Sunrisers Hyderabad. He is the team our, I support. Yeah. Obviously. David Bai. But David Bai. <laughs> but nevertheless, the fact that what he was ready to give. You never know in a game like this at a level at which they play, it can be a career ending injury. Yeah. If especially when you're not fully fit and he was ready to risk it for a mere two test match. and risk a big paycheck with the IPL IPL well. so many things so like many things. i mean there's a parade of things that he could have lost but he was ready to put all that at stake just yeah. so that his team can restore some balance and if that is not champion spirit i don't know what i is. don't know what it is so now we come to the australian yes. side of people who missed out nathan lyon nathan lyon everything was there the stage was set the script was written your landmark 100th test was going to be in brisbane where your team had not lost for the last 32 years and you were getting close to your landmark 400th wicket yeah. which by the time they got to brisbane it looked like brisbane could have been the place where he got his 400th yeah. wicket in his, front family of his family was in the stands yeah. everything yeah. the script was just written all him. he had to do was say his lines and get out of the stage but alas nothing taken away from the opposition the indian team the way they handled them the way especially prepared uh, the way they prepared for nathan lan prepared for nathan lan especially punk considering yeah. his likeliness for uh, getting spin tempted. bowlers and getting yeah. tempted and all and also a little blame on tim pain for <laughs> for probably you know missing out having said all that i just felt nathan lan didn't create enough chances he didn't look lethal yeah. he didn't look menacing and he didn't look like a champion bowler that he is so purely going by the reputation he carries he didn't do enough and he missed out big time and all he got at the end was a t-shirt yeah which is also like <laughs> spoiled with <laughs> this guy spoiled the series this guy <laughs> spoiled the series <laughs> it's like a, it's more of like salt on the wound more than yeah. like uh, you know appreciation but nevertheless i felt like nathan lan missed out big big time the biggest yeah who else do we have on that list bro australian players who missed out on glory it's a parallel to prithvi shaw okay jobons jobons yes. jobons long lost brother of prithvi long shaw. lost brother of prithvi half shaw half lock at half lock yeah <laughs> like, 
I'm sure they would have like held hands and walked on the beach. Yeah, I mean, that, dude, I go through the same. It mm. was like Judwa watching Judwa movie. That's what I was going to say. Like after <laughs> the first test, like two two innings, they both looked at each other. Bhaiya, bhaiya. It's like one Salman Khan does, the other Salman Khan does exactly that. <laughs> so you know, Joe Burns, I think again he had some skeletons to bury. Beautiful opportunity. Yeah, home conditions had everything behind him. And coming into the series, he was actually going well. And but just unfortunate. Just couldn't do enough. The only peach of a delivery was the one with Umesh Yadav bowled. Oh yeah. That was I wouldn't consider that. That but was unbelievable. He had three good innings yeah. where they had not a lot of pressure. I mean, Go- the, the only innings he played was in Adelaide after 36, and there was no pressure at all for them to win. Yeah. So Joe Burns definitely. Who else? There are a bunch of other players, but again, I, it's a gray area for me. There is Mitchell Stark, Mitchell Stark, who I felt was somehow in the same session, in the same spell. Mm. He looked like two different bowlers. Yeah. After that brilliant over that he bowled to Mayank Agarwal, I'm like, where did that bowler go in the second over? Yeah. Because almost immediately he didn't look lethal at all. In that over, he looked like he could wipe out the entire yeah, squad. Yeah, and that was a worrying sign I felt for Mitchell Stark himself because he's such a beautiful bowler. The pink ball test he bowled like a fucking charm, and then you couldn't see him anywhere. You just saw him in as if like a guest appearance. He would come bowl that one brilliant over and then go off again. Mm. And at the end of the series, it showed that it took a toll on him that he just became a bad bowler I mean they were scoring at about 5 runs per over against him and that was a bad sign so I think it's a grey area but I would definitely put Stark also in the same list where he missed out the other guy the big kahuna let's go for it yeah the big miss out from the Australian side was Tim Payne TD Payne Tim Payne missed out from a batting standpoint he missed out from a strategic standpoint he missed out from a tactical standpoint and most importantly he missed out even from a wicket keeping standpoint yeah so every department where he was supposed to contribute he just didn't do enough after being the man of the match for the first test match that too and he right. had a series to win back what bothers me is the way he, because team pain is not a bad captain if you go a little into his past here is a guy who revived australia's brand of cricket from that whole ugly incident of sandpaper, sandpaper gate. gate yeah took the team to the number one position won the ashes won against new zealand which is a very formidable team in the current state by the way yeah. like, and yes they did lose the last series with india but mm. at least we saw a fight from them yeah and even in that revealing documentary the test on Amazon Prime. If you watched Tim Payne and how he conducted himself, you yeah. could see that this guy was empathetic for his players. Yeah, he cared for the team, and he re- he was really there for the team. He looked like a guy who has a sense of what is man management. He looked like a mature guy, basically. He didn't look like a guy who would lose his way so easily. But there is something peculiar, bro. When you observe what India's misses were and what Australia's misses were, it's a totally different pattern. Absolutely. When we look at the guys who missed out in India, mm-hmm. which is Rohit Sharma, Prithvi Shaw. Mayank Agarwal clearly no bowlers by the way which is a rare feat generally the bowlers are the guys who miss out from the Indian side a list which included net bowlers also net bowlers also. even Natarajan I don't he is a bigger champion than anybody yeah, that guy is right. but the thing I see is when you look at the misses of the Indian team it is purely their own accountability individual like individual kind of irresponsibility if yeah. you have to say it in a way but when you look at the Australian side when you look at it from a distance mm. okay Nathan Lyon didn't bowl really bad yeah 
Yeah. But it is almost like he was not allowed to bowl the way he wanted to bowl. Okay, Tim Payne is a guy who actually thinks out of the box. He, mm. If you go back to Ashes, he made a Labushain bowl so that he can get a wicket of Joe Root. Mm. And here, he's not even allowing your official conventional all-rounder to bowl enough overs. Yeah. What is happening? Tim Payne is, doesn't make such tactical errors. And these are tactical errors. They're not even strategic errors. Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins are by no means bad bowlers. 1,300 wickets among those four bowlers. But when they do that barrage of short ball bowling at Sydney, at Gaba, what do you make of that? It almost looked like, for me, Tim Payne kind of kept with his hands tied and his shoelaces tied together. Mm. I mean, if you went back to the previous series, the 18-19 series, right. where India toured Australia, you saw a different Tim Payne. I mean, it's a very intangible thing. You can only kind of feel it. Someone else is not allowing them to kind of express themselves. That's the word. They were not expressing themselves. The way, even when Sundar got out to that river sweep, yeah. you didn't see people coming in. You didn't see attacking fields. Yeah. Australia is known for attacking fields, especially when the match is at that level. They don't care if there are one run to win. They would attack you till the scoreboard says the opposition won. Absolutely. And it started even before Sundar got out. If you notice when Mayank Agarwal got out, yeah. Matthew Wade got that catch. Yeah. He was the only one who celebrated. Yeah, everybody was like, yeah, okay. Everyone else yeah. was like, mm. what's going on? Pant like, is there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're almost like... So that is what kind of was off overall, right? That that Australian vibe. Mm. Again, we have to go back to the concept of the brand of cricket that Australia plays. Yeah. That was a mess. And it's not just us. It was also felt by ex-Australian players. Like Ricky Ponting was calling it out. Yeah. Glenn McGrath was calling out. Shane Vaughan was calling it out. Yeah. Everybody was kind of like, what the hell are these guys doing? Mm. And that's when I look at the dressing room. That means the root cause is not what's happening on the ground. If it was happening on the ground on say in one session, I'm mean, like, okay, the opposition like demoralized you. So your kind of energies went low. Yeah. But if that happens across the series, which is what was to be seen. And even in the first test, technically, if not for that freak session, they were not really there. Yeah. So that's when I look at the dressing room and say, okay, what's happening there? Where is the so-called Australian spirit of playing the game? Why am I seeing it in glimpses? Why is it a decoration rather than the actual piece? So that's a huge difference in both the sides. Yeah, right? it became clear that the reasons for the Australian misses were not really on the field. But those wrong decisions, those bad tactical errors, they were being made from the dressing room. Yeah. And if they're really being made from the dressing room, then obviously we're looking at one guy. Mr. Justin Langer in this case. JL. JL. Yeah. But is it his fault? Do you think it is his fault? I do. Yeah, same here. I think yeah. <laughs> there is no argument there. So I think that's the end of the segment. <laughs> Who's at fault for Australia not to perform up to their potential? Because after the series, these things came out, slowly started leaking out in the news that yeah. the first, uh, you know, the leak came out was during the lunch hour, these bowlers were already being told that you have to be bowling in this specific area of the pitch. It's not even being told to Cameron Green, who's debuting, right? He's not being told to Labushin. It's being told to the prime attack. Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood are being told where to bowl on the pitch at a certain time of the day. It is yeah. laughable. And to put things in context, like even before this news article came out for anyone listening just as soon as the series ended Bruton and I were talking about the series and we both immediately agreed that this fuck up was happening in the dressing, in the dressing room. room yeah I will also partly credit this kind of theory was getting more into reality to the documentary that they make the test hmm. especially how 87% of the documentary was more of a personal documentary of Justin, Justin Langer, Langer yeah. what he felt what his wife was feeling 
doing what he spoke to Steve Waugh and mm. you know how did he rope in Ricky Ponting and all those exaggerated emotions of his in the dressing room it was Justin Langer the hero featuring these extras yeah extras the Australian team yeah who were given very few lines yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> that was a very revealing documentary which I think it was made for the reasons of positive PR for the Australian team but the end result tended to go the opposite way that if you actually observe what is going on in that documentary yeah. it's yeah. not a very good picture the that sad part is painted I, I remember we were having this conversation right when you didn't watch the series yeah. by then mm. but the documentary by then and I was like dude if you watch the documentary you'll get a very airy feeling about I mean dude these are international players yeah what the fuck are you doing yes you are like an ex Australian legend of sorts which mm. I don't think just Langer is if people are claiming it it's their opinion but I don't he was in the him. gang yeah he was just like I always you know how I perceived Justin Langer he's a guy who laughs for the boss's jokes mm. even if he doesn't get it <laughs> Justin Langer always looked like that guy and he'll then come out to his other colleagues and give this emotionally motivational speech saying right. that dude the do- boss is the greatest guy ever like the chamcha kind of a guy Justin Langer has that face yeah the first indication some of the things that stood out was how he was dealing with the senior players like Finch Pwaja Nathan Lyon Tim Payne himself being the captain the way he was dealing with them the conversations the tone he was using the overall thing right the mm. narrations he was giving the those monologues he was giving yeah it was so bad that even after the test series when he used the exact same line <laughs> that he used in the documentary <laughs> when he said like if a country of one billion oh people my God, yeah. right when he gave that sentence I'm like couldn't you have thought of another line like yeah. do you realize we have like amazon prime <laughs> <laughs> in india too so all that put together i felt that this will kind of boomerang on him This is something I go back to Saurav Ganguly. He strongly says that coach is a miscoined term. You don't coach at international level. You coach at school level. So manager is more apt yeah. in the cricket game. But this guy was exactly opposite for that. I just want to paint the clear context for anyone listening to this, which is as soon as the series ended, Brute had by then watched the Amazon Prime documentary. Yeah. And I had not watched it by then, but still we both came to the same conclusion that the root cause of their fuck-ups is with the yeah. coach. Then, even by then, no one was talking about Langer. It was all about, oh, Matthew Wade screwed up. Oh, yeah. Joe Burns screwed up. Yeah. All this nonsense. Tim Payne. Tim Payne, Tim Payne uh, missed out on the stumping. Out, Tim yeah. Payne dropped should, catches. Should Tim Payne be retained as a captain? Yeah. It's all nonsense. Of course he should be retained. Uh, Who else is there? <laughs> My question is, who else does Australia have? Tim Payne is probably the most sorted. Yes, he had a bad series, but yeah. come on, look back at his record, man. Yeah, and you can see it was not all Tim Payne's fault and that's what we're trying to get at, yeah. which is up until the first article came out from Sydney Morning Herald about players not being satisfied with Justin Langer, there was no mention of Langer at all. Yeah. And that article comes out and of course, by the time we release this, probably more stuff will come out. But that article was one of the funniest articles I ever read. Which is, again, which was an irony mm. because the only guy who was talking on behalf of the team was Justin Langer. And somebody should have thought like, why is this guy even talking? I want to hear Tim Payne say what went wrong. Tim Payne is coming and apologizing for the banter he did. Yeah. You know, Steve Smith is coming and accepting that, oh, you know, I have Ashwin is in my head. Yeah, yeah. Labushain is coming and saying that, uh, yeah, Gil is a brilliant player mm. or like Siraj is a fantastic baller, blah, blah, blah. Why is Langer speaking on behalf of the player? 
players mm. how did anybody miss out on that it's strange that so many people missed out on this and that's what i'm trying to underline which is that sydney morning herald uh, article it first of all revealed the fact that these bowlers were being told that at lunch hour you have to ball at yeah. a certain place the other thing because that, on that mohurtam see justin langer is yeah, a strong the, the planetary alignment <laughs> yeah. he is a strong uh, you know astrology believer yeah yeah but the other thing that came out in the article was how justin langer stopped a player from taking a cheese toast sandwich in the in his pocket onto the ground and brute you're a close follower of the game yeah what happens to a kookaburra ball when you rub a cheese toast sandwich on it If I was just in Langer and yeah. I saw somebody taking a cheese sandwich. Exactly. What I would do is I would send somebody and say, dude, ask him to fucking not take that sandwich. I wouldn't go myself Mm-mm. and kind of do it in front of everybody. Or maybe maybe the captain? Yes, the captain for yeah. sure. I would have said like, quick chat, come here, check his pocket. Because do you know we have an issue with foreign objects? Yes. On the field? Reputation is at stake yeah. <laughs> already. Please right? no foreign objects. And you're the captain. If not anybody, you will be fired. So I'm... I mean there was a way to deal that situation yeah, right it was manas after this article came out that players may be dissatisfied with how Justin Langer is handling things Justin Langer's first instinct to react to this was not to actually take that to heart and get together with the team and try to rebuild reconstruct first he gets on the whatsapp group and he says don't, don't leak these kind Stop of things leaking and that leaks out yeah the fact that he said don't leak leaks out and then he comes to the media and says it's a wake up call for me yeah. yeah i've been sleeping i should have seen my own documentary <laughs> to realize because i've already done all this yeah like 2 years back yeah he says i he comes now and says this is a wake up call for me well brother if you watch that documentary there were so many red flags yeah. in that documentary itself there was one moment where of course the famous moment where usman khwaja said the guys are intimidated yeah. by you they feel like they're walking on eggshells then in the nets they had a huddle, huddle yeah where khwaja kind of pushed back and said there's so much negativity you're just yeah. going on saying negative things then there was another uh, honest feedback session among yeah. the team yeah. in the uh, in the where again khwaja kind of room. spoke on behalf no, of no it was not khwaja actually i think it was finch I think it was another series after that oh, okay. where Finch was a captain or something and they were taking feedback he was saying you know the guys do appreciate when feedback is given when you know someone makes a mistake it's helpful to tell them what the mistake is yeah. but it also helps to have some positivity every now and then yeah. which means it's been constant negative negative yeah. negative so that is one thing all these red flags were there yeah. second he paints all the walls of their uh, dressing room with all these slogans elite honesty elite integrity uh, put on your elite pants you know hit elite shots. <laughs> Wear your elite helmet, man. If everything is elite, then what's the value of elite? See, the thing he he did a mistake. Let's be okay. He's a human. Okay, Bogus. Justin Langer should have appointed Boria, <laughs> and all it needed was add please. <laughs> please tell me please what you did wrong please tell me david please tell me what you did wrong <laughs> if those slogans would have been please wear elite pants probably the players would have followed it there was no you know politeness yeah. to his request the it was more like word yeah the magic missing. word They, it was more like an order. He should have made it more like a request, which Borea does really well. Yeah, Manas, please, Manas, please stop taking elite sandwiches <laughs> on the elite ground. <laughs> oh my oh, sweet man. life! 
I mean, yeah, that's where the whole thing fell apart for Justin Langer. He and didn't take help. Yeah, from through, throughout the documentary, he was giving speeches after speeches to the team about how to process things like a de- uh, defeat. The, the like worst part team. is he repeated those speeches in the interviews he was giving <laughs> in the documentary. I'm like, we just heard what he said. <laughs> Why are you repeating on a one-on-one? We don't want it. It was so horrible. And for a guy who was giving them so much gyan on how to process things like defeat or a bad performance, he himself was not able to take a defeat there was this season uh, there was the series against uh, england i think it's the ashes yeah when he called in his old friend steve or his mentor mm. as just langer says mm. now let's be honest steve is probably the most decorated australian captain yeah right he has a statue he is extremely respected by his own brother to start off with yeah and you saw players being more comfortable with steve war absolutely talking to steve war than to Justin Langer. Whatever conversations they were having with Steve, which later followed with Ricky Ponting, where he also kind of went on a consulting basis. And Gilchrist also. And Gilchrist. Yeah. Gilchrist, okay. See, Gilchrist comes across as a guy as a who's, friendly guy. who's a very friendly guy. Yeah. Steve comes across as a very intimidating guy because yeah. of his stature, his persona, yeah. you know, the kind of attitude he had when he was playing, yeah. all those things, right? And still, everybody was so comfortable going and speaking to Steve Waugh while Justin Langer was at the table. That's the biggest red flags. He knew where the answers were. Mm. He knew who was going to help him out. He had all the resources. Everything cut out. He just didn't take anything. Aaron Finch does not take DRS on a ball that he should have probably yeah. taken DRS. Yeah. He comes back already pissed off that he got out early because he's trying to reverse uh, a spate of bad performances. Yeah. And then he's told very politely by Tim Payne that Oh, that was a beautiful incident. By yeah. He was very politely informed by Tim Payne in the dressing room that you, he, missed, out he, that you missed out by that much. And he's even more pissed off yeah. and then Justin Langer comes storming into the room what happened what the fuck happened Finchy Finchy what the fuck happened Finchy and, and even before Finch completes his sentence yeah JL in his trademark disgust yeah <laughs> And it's disgust. It is the disgust. word is disgust. It is disgust. Because it was not disappointment. This is, what Tim Payne showed was disappointment. Disappointment, yeah. Right? What Justin Langer showed was disgust. And the eerie part that I was talking about was mm. the way the dressing room kind of, I mean, everybody dispersed. Yeah. yeah. The moment Justin Langer barged in, yeah. everybody dispersed. And to finish what you were saying, because that was a very important part where Justin Langer came storming into the room, asking him what the fuck happened. And Aaron Finch is explaining what yeah. he was, what was going through his yeah. mind. And even before he completes his sentence, this guy in disgust just turns around yeah. and walks away. Yeah. And it's just, that's how you treat that's, a player like Finch. He's yeah. a senior player. I mean, like the documentary should not, I mean, they can easily change the name from test to what you should not do as a <laughs> manager. Like it can be like a antithesis of uh, what is a good manager. <laughs> Seriously. And the other thing where uh, headingly test where Nathan Lyon fumbles that run out where they could have won the match. Won the match. Easy. The, there is video online of Justin Langer's reaction in the dressing room yeah. where he just jumps up from his uh, kicks stool the dustbin. kicks the dustbin everything flies off and then as he's putting the things back in some says are pretty well boys because yeah. the commentary is saying Nathan Lyon has fumbled Australia yeah. has fumbled all that stuff now imagine what effect that has because Obviously, after the players come back, the people who are there around Justin Langer, they're going to tell them. They're going to tell them how he reacted. I mean, it's like a classroom environment, right? I mean, the moment the players are coming back, already disappointed and probably pissed off. Because see, they put a lot of onus on their own performances. Yeah. These are international players, yeah. right? They came to that stage by challenging themselves, and by Lion, being critical about themselves. And Lion especially is a champion at heart. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because even when you saw through that documentary, yeah. he celebrates the team so much. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he's the guy who's making those speeches. Exactly. Before they sing that song. Right. And you can clearly see that guy lives and breathes for the team. Yeah. And for that guy, you also saw what happened when JL called the team back. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to play back some moments. And there you saw Lion cringing. And then immediately it cuts to Lion's talking head sequence where he said, I've been playing that moment over and over again in my head. I didn't really need to see it, see it again. Yeah. And that was a horrible moment. Yeah. I mean, positive enforcement. Yeah. That's what is missing, I feel. And the biggest example for that in the documentary was whenever something positive happened JL just comes into the room boys that was great I don't know what to say that was just fantastic great performance you deserve a rest go ahead and he walks out exactly one and line which is what I feel if you recollect when we were decoding 36 yeah. this was my big question what was the conversation between the management and the ballers yeah so whenever something positive happens one line out of Justin Langer yeah. and he walks off yeah. take rest but yeah. whenever anything negative happens it's just a rant oh this is a rant now he's it's a, like an angry wife it is not unky <laughs> and uh, throwing things yeah and Finch, what the fuck yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> disgust versus disgust you can't be disgusted with your own players that's un- that's absolutely unacceptable and calling your players to a room projecting the last part of the match where they lost yeah and then just dissecting you know peeling the skin yeah, cutting slowly. through slowly and pulling it back and blood coming out yeah it's just that's crazy and on the other side what do you have Ravi Shastri cancel practice yeah in the night we're going to get together for dinner and we're going to play dumb sharks yeah look at the contrast exactly what is the result of this bogus how will this change the game of cricket overall at that stage what do you think will happen I think it is a slow corruption in the Australian system that they really need to address and address fast because all these media articles that are coming out about players being dissatisfied with Langer, there are counter articles coming out. Smith is saying Langer is great, I support him. Manas is saying Langer is great, I support him. And Michael Clark is coming out and saying that was a cheap move. Like if you have complaints, you should go directly to the source and talk rather than coming out of the media. You should take a hint that if that is not happening and they're coming out to the media like this, that means that the direct move is being blocked yeah there is denial there is denial there's denial and that's the worst champions don't live in denials yeah and there's clear denial happening there so australian cricket needs to save their own brand they need to do either one of two things either go to langer and say there is a clear problem there is enough evidence for it in the test documentary as well so (laughs) they have to rewatch that documentary as as a team that's it (laughs) and everybody will be like looking at langer like hmm Didn't get that, huh? Didn't couldn't decode that shit, huh? Yeah. Use your elite eyesight. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, either you accept it and you fix it and stop giving us PR talking points like, oh, it's a wake-up call and all that stuff. Yeah. You either fix it, be humble, accept and fix because apart from this, everywhere else, they still tend to agree that you're a good coach. Yeah. So you continue to be a better coach like that or you change the coach. Yeah, block the whole switch is sinking the ship, right? Yeah. It's better for him. It's better for his, for the team or the game in itself that Australia takes so much of pride in. And yeah, it's just that because right now the all indications are looking like they're trying to sweep it under the carpet a little bit yeah which is very unfortunate and yeah. they're they're losing leash very fast or the hold on their position because the reality at the geopolitical scenario of the cricket mm. game is you have new zealand which is repeatedly proving to be a tough competitor yeah you have england which is debunking all the jinx it has by yeah. winning a world cup winning like series outside their continent in subcontinent conditions great bunch of players right and extremely talented Talented players, right? Yeah. Once again, young team 
pretty strong and then you have india mother india which is not just financially strong mm. but it is somehow figured out to get its act together yeah. and started producing talent which they cannot even probably use enough yeah so yeah. that's the kind of bench strength and this series is a testimony that team india a b and c mm. are equally strong enough to defeat any team in the world that's the kind of bench strength you're talking about yeah and on top of it they are running one of the most successful t20 franchises which is attracting all kinds of talent from across the globe yeah and on top of it the cloud that bcci has mm. just today maybe they are not doing a strong pr but it's just a matter of fact yeah so soon probably that baton of being the best antagonist will slowly shift to might shift to india yeah right the signs are already there and already as history quotes all these teams yeah the english teams the so called australian teams south africa you name the strong teams mm. right india has always been the final frontier so already there are stats and history supporting india to be one of the best antagonist all they have to start doing which they already started doing is start winning abroad yeah so australia is checked two seasons back to back which is enough to carry for another 10 15 years mm. you have england to check south africa already looks like a depleting side today mm. pakistan might never happen mm-hmm. west indies again i think it's a cake walk for india today considering the west indian talent today yeah. sri lanka bangladesh are basically holidays not in a good state right yeah so all they have is england which is probably currently the most formidable side that can give a challenge to in and uh, in new zealand when new zealand oh there. sorry i so, so forgot new zealand yeah but again new zealand somehow we have a decent record in the recent past Didn't in the last four the last three, four series we played yeah but again yeah it's it's England and New Zealand probably yeah. yeah probably there are two more South Africa also but the thing is India soon is looking like a team which might neutralize venues mm. the dynamics of the game are changing the character roles are switching yeah and India oh, I almost forgot just mm-hmm. want to add another point never before that happened in India which is happening now is India somehow has managed to have an unbelievably high potential lethal pace attack which is extremely essential for winning abroad which is what we've dreamed of since the time we were kids yeah you may be a hero but you live long enough you see yourself to become the villain exactly we are quoting christopher nolan <laughs> left right and center yeah comparing australia with jokers uh india to batmans and then slowly batman is becoming two face <laughs> like we're covering the whole trilogy but yeah like you said they already don't like us like the people elsewhere they already have a slight dislike because of the clout bcci has in the game now to match that it's already tough to beat india in india yeah and now if india starts winning away then that's just uh, and the noise we take along with yeah, us yeah the kind of crowd we pull in so yeah so final words bogus well that's about it let's hope australia gets their act together and uh, stop shying away from the problem which is right there there's a whole documentary to watch yeah. it's all there please watch it please, please watch it australian team elite documentary please <laughs> yeah, watch elite. the elite test documentary and uh, for india i hope you do get to go ahead and become that villain uh, because that would be fun yeah and that brings us to the end of true grit down under our multi part special series thai gap special on the border gavaskar test between india and australia 202021 uh if you've stuck around with us for this long thank you very much uh from the bottom of our hearts and also we'd very much like to th- uh hear what you have to say about some of the points we've brought up because these points were not really being covered anywhere else uh 
to our knowledge at least and we'd love to hear what you have to say you can uh, reach out to us on our socials on twitter we are at thigh gap on instagram at underscore thigh gap and you can if you're more articulate and more eloquent then you can definitely send us an email at uh, mind thy gap at gmail.com and with that as we always say thigh gap subscribe and please please i beg you share please share elite share elite sharing <laughs> <laughs> hey thanks for listening you can follow this podcast on spotify to get notified of new episodes every thursday we're also on apple podcast for those of you who have partaken in the forbidden fruit if you liked what you heard leave us a five star rating and a comment say anything like the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog a rating and a comment really helps us out it's free and i'm told that's a great price but enough about us huh tell us about yourself leave us a comment our twitter is @thigap and we are _thigap on instagram